We're going to experience the presence of God. He wants to have a personal relationship with you this morning, church. I'm not talking about just every now and then. I'm talking about every day, every moment, knowing that when you wake up, His presence is with you. Knowing when you go to sleep, His presence is with you. Knowing when you get in your car, His presence is with you. Knowing that, know that you know He is with you. There's nothing you could do that He will ever leave you or forsake you. Nothing. That's the presence He wants to have with you. That's the relationship He wants to have with you. I just want you to look at that. Let that absorb. Just let that absorb you right there. Experiencing the presence of God. You want to know why marriages are in trouble? The marriages aren't experiencing the presence of God. You want to know why we doubt our healings? We're we're not digging into the presence of God in our life. It all goes back to that right there, doesn't it, Carl? Right there. When the Holy Spirit comes in, And the presence of God overwhelms you. I'm telling you what, you'll receive everything right there. And there's a guy in the Bible. I want to show you this real quick. Let's just keep going. Pastor Dave, I don't know. We want to stay with here. I'll just go real fast. I got 10, 13. But I I love what he said. David, a man after God's own heart. Watch what he says. He says, where can I go from your presence or your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, God, you're there. We can't make this stuff up, can we, folks? We just had the most amazing altar time, and now I'm sitting here preaching. And doesn't this fit all together? You just can't, we can't make, we can't make it up. You know why? Because God's got it all in control. This is his thing. But he says, if I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, in other words, in the bottom of the ocean, God, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, all the way over on the other side, where your daughter's living, Donna, Ed, he's there, right there. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And I want, this is what I want to experience right here. I want to experience this every day of my life. Don't you? And so I want to talk to you just, just really quickly. How can we really truly experience this presence of God in our life every day? Every day, every moment, every moment. There's three ways. I'm going to go real quick. Just stay right there. Let's, I've been standing. You good? Okay. Hey, okay. And, and I'm, it's going to blow you away. This is so deep. This is so deep. God gave me this this week. You can experience God by yourself. Imagine that. When you are completely, totally alone. Sometimes people don't realize that. They think, oh, I just got to come to God's house. They don't experience. No, you can experience God all by yourself. Just driving down the road. Talking to God this morning when I woke up, I went to my get to get alone with Jesus chair. I got mine, she's got hers, and, and we find those places. I'm there, you know. He saw me first thing in the morning. David and Denise say, see me in my little get to knowing Jesus, my experience in encountering Jesus chair. And I'm there. Four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning on Sunday mornings. I'm there every day experiencing Jesus. And she goes to hers. But Job was a, or Jacob was a guy who also encountered Jesus as well, encountered his spirit. Listen, if you want healing, we have to encounter this. Susie, whenever you received healing for your foot, there was an encounter that you had with God right there. It wasn't just, oh, my, uh, oh, my foot's healed. I didn't feel Jesus in that at all. Yeah, you did. She experienced the presence of God. Listen to this. In Genesis 28, verses 16 and 17, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord's in this place. <laughs> That's good. And I did not know it. 
But he was here and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And as I was reading this, I was thinking, what made that place a house of God to him? Because he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And what makes this not a building, by the way, this is not a, this is not a building. This is not an auditorium church. This is a sanctuary where God's presence is at, where he shows up like he just did. Why do we know that? Because surely the Lord's in this place. Because you felt it, brother, didn't you? We felt it this morning. We felt it. Did you feel him, Steve? Yes. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I thought about it. Jacob was all alone, though. Nobody with him. It's kind of funny why he was alone, though. Y'all know why he was alone? He was running from his brother Esau because he stole something from Esau that didn't belong to him. He stole his blessing. He stole his birthright, tricked him, stole it. He was a thief. He made a mistake. Now he decides he needs to take a 12-year vacation (laughs) and run from his brother. And the reason why, because if you study this at all, Esau was a skilled hunter, a skilled hunter and a tracker. We needed to get to know that guy, Rick. Well, you did. I don't hunt as much like I should. But, but we, he was a skilled tracker and a hunter, man. And, and, and Jacob knew it. And so he took a 12-year vacation and he found himself alone. But when he was there, it encourages me. Let me read it to you. In Genesis 27, verses 41, Esau hated Jacob because their, fa- because their father gave, had given Jacob the blessing. And Esau began to, began to scheme. He said, I will soon be mourning my father's death. But after that... It's on, baby. Then I will kill my brother, Jacob. I'm going to hunt him down like a dog, and I'm going to kill him. And Jacob knew this. But what really encouraged me about this is I read it this week. I read, and, and it just jumped off the pages that Jacob was really God's man. He was, a, he was God's anointed man. He wrestled with God, and God finally put him in a place and said, you're going to serve me, Jacob. He said, okay, you finally, remember that? He broke his hip and all that stuff. But anyway, this encourages me. It's because what I realized by this is this right here. Many people believe God only meets with perfect people who never make mistakes. That's what gets us into trouble in church. Oh, they'll do it for him. Oh, Moses, he was perfect. That's why God loved Moses. Or how about Abraham? Abraham, oh, he was perfect. God only met with Abraham because he's perfect. That's why God met with him. David, definitely David. He was a man after God's own heart. He definitely met with David because he was perfect. But God's not going to meet with me because I'm so imperfect. Can I, I got news for you. You know Moses, by the way, killed an Egyptian, murdered him. He wasn't perfect, but God still met with him. How about Abraham? Oh, he wasn't a saint. How about him? He, he ended up in a place where these men were wanting to kill him, and his wife was there, and they wanted to sleep with her, and so he wouldn't get killed. He lied and said, oh, she's my sister, and almost had her, his own wife sleep with other men. He wasn't a saint. He messed up. He made a lot of mistakes. Oh, David, oh, he's real perfect, right? He's seen this foxy lady down there bathing by the name Bathsheba, Looked out the window. He went as far as getting someone to go get her, bringing her to him, and slept with her that day. And then had the gall 
to have her own husband sent to the front of the army and had him killed to take his wife as his own. Perfect. But you know what? It, but it, I'm still encouraged by this because God loves to meet with imperfect people. And I got news. If you're imperfect this morning, church, you showed up to the right place because we serve a God who loves to meet you where you're at in all of our imperfections. But sometimes we come in, oh, he's only going to do it for them. He's only going to do it for her. Don't we do that? No. He'll meet with you. Did he meet with you this morning, those of you who come and prayed? Did he meet with you? Come on, he met with you this morning. Why? Because you went and you pursued him and you got his presence. But you could meet with God alone. You could meet with God alone. You know, and even Joshua, I was reading about Joshua. Joshua didn't be, he wasn't obedient about stuff. And, and, and so Joshua, God still met with him. Listen to this, Joshua chapter one, verses five. As it was with Moses, that, that loser, God says, he was a mess up. Listen to this, this is so cool, I saw this. It jumped off my, as I was with Moses, the one who killed that Egyptian, Joshua here. I'm talking to you, Joshua. So I will be with you. Just because you messed up doesn't mean I'm gonna turn my back on you. He said, I'm going to meet with you, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to leave you, Steve. He's with you, man. Don't you doubt that. And he hasn't changed one bit. And his plan for your life hasn't changed one bit. And his healings hasn't changed one bit. The same Savior that died at Calvary, that was for you. And the same blood that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you as well and abides in you. That same Savior lives in you and that same blood flows through your body. And there's enough power in that to take care of it. Our job, just receive it. You got saved, didn't you? That's easy. I got saved. The same faith that took for you to get saved, same faith for you to be healed. Nothing more, nothing less. But we don't understand it that way. We oh, we got to fight. No, just receive it. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so you can meet with God alone. How about this? Now, this is going to really blow your mind. We can meet and experience Jesus and God with our friends too. huh? I told you it was deep. Way deep, isn't it? Really deep. Matthew chapter 18, verses 20. It says, for whether two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm, I'm right there in the middle of them. And so in other words, if you've got friends, guess what? If there's three of you, there's really four of you. If there's five of you, there's really six of you. Because he's there with you. When you're driving in a car with your buddies and your friends, he's there with you. And by the way, we really miss this one, Denny. We miss this one big time because one of the greatest places and the greatest place we can ever meet with God is with our spouse. My, my wife and I, when we begin to pray together, when we begin to seek God, look, I put it, the most powerful time to ever meet with God is with your spouse. And we can pray together. Take time. Pray for your kids. Pray for your finances. Pray for your health. Pray for whatever you need to pray for. But can I be honest with you? Th this was an area in my life that I struggled with because I wasn't good at praying. When we got married, I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Come on, you men, you macho guys. It's like it's tough to pray with our wives. Tough to pray for our, and, and listen, pull up your big boy britches and let's do it. It's time that you suck it up, buttercup, and let's do it. It wasn't easy for me, man. I'm like, because I married this perfect woman. Never sinned a day in her life. The only sin she ever committed was marrying me. Seriously. Amen. 
How many, can I get an amen to that? I mean, here she was perfect in every way. Now, I know she doesn't say that, but she was to me. And I felt so unworthy to pray with this incredible woman of God. Even me being in ministry. But God finally broke me down and said, son, she needs you to pray with her. She needs you to take the lead in this family and be the shepherd of this home like you're supposed to, like I called you to do. Begin to pray. And I begin to pray. And I begin to pray again and again. And I got good at it. I'm good at it, aren't I, honey? She'll wake me up at midnight now, honey. Will you pray for me? Oh, yeah, baby, come on in Jesus' name, amen. I'm like, you know, she's like, that's enough, that's enough. You can be caught. No, I'm going at it. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm not afraid anymore. But the enemy will make you men afraid. Don't do that. Get up. Stand up, man. If you want to see the God's presence in your home, in your marriage, start praying with your wife. I can't tell you how many wives I'm sitting in that office counseling with them. Didn't you tell me? I guarantee you hear the same thing. Well, my husband never, never prays. I just wish my husband would just go to church with us and the kids. I just wish that he would, he would take time to just do something. I just wish he would, he would read the Bible a little bit. I'm, I, 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 he doesn't. I hear that all the time. You hear it? And then we wonder why their marriage is just struggling. Take the lead, gentlemen. Take the lead. Don't you let the enemy come in your home and wreak havoc because that's exactly what he'll do. No, you have the authority. You walk in there and say, no, I'm the man of God over this home. I will not let the enemy come in and, and take wreak havoc over my marriage, over my finances, over our health. No, in Jesus' name, I'm not having it. I did it one day. I got angry. I had all our devices, my phones and everything. I called this man right here and I got abused. I got like a, uh, it was a, like an intentional attack on me. I, I pulled something up, and there stood a half-naked woman. I got angry. I took everything and threw it on that on my throat. She's like, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm sick of this. I'm not having this come in my house. And I got a hold of him and everybody I could find. I said, I need you to hold this, this junk accountable. I'm telling you what, you don't have to look for it. It'll find you. But it doesn't happen anymore. Why? Because I took charge in my home. And I put systems in place to protect these holy eyes that has to look at you every Sunday as your pastor. I thank God I got a pure heart and a pure mind. I'm looking, I'm preaching. Your pastor's good, amen. amen. <laughs> I don't struggle with pornography. I don't have that problem. I don't struggle with beer. I don't struggle with all. I, God has really helped me in this area. The only thing I struggle with is trying to be obedient to my wife, but I'm going to get there <laughs> and doing what she tells me to do. I'm about out of time. Thank you, Lord. But one thing I'm learning, you know, families who pray together, they're going to stay together. And that's alone. That, that's, that's just, just a small group. Let me give you some other times here. In Acts 22, or 2, verses 46, says, Every day, not just every so often, but every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. That's a big group there. Uh, but then they broke bread in their homes. This is what we did last night. With Eric and, and, and Shayla, uh, Erica, Shayla, Robert and Erica. I got Erica and Eric, anyway. But yeah, them. And little Hannah Banana. And we're like there having fun, having games, and just having a good old time. But, we're, but we still felt God's presence in all of that. Until I started losing a little bit. I mean, I, I prayed it through. I asked God to forgive me for my behavior. I'm not a good loser. I'm not. Especially when my wife beats me. Let's keep moving. Acts 5, verse 42. Day after day in the temple, in the courts, 
from house to house. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus the Messiah. So see, you can meet with God and Jesus with just small groups, with just small groups, right? Okay, so, 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 you know, we started this church back in, in 2022, Barb. We talked about this at, your, at the funeral we just had. Wasn't easy. But if it wasn't for Barb, we wouldn't have been able to have this church today. I believe that. God used her. But on October 22nd, 2009, we started church over there. Just a small group. Just a small little group of us. December 20th, 2009, we started on Sunday mornings. We still was a small group of like 12 people then. Like, woohoo, we had a record crowd. 12 people. But then, October the 16th, 2011, this is about the time when Eric and Robert was here with us. And, um, 2011, we, we bought this building with 70 people, and a couple months later, we jumped to 130. Then we started worshiping as a big group. And so my point is this, is every move that we've ever made, God's presence was with us, alone and with a small group. And now, thirdly, and I, this is really going to blow you away, I'm telling you, this is profound. Here's the third one. You can experience God in a large crowd, just like we did this morning. That's why we're here. That's why you've come, is to experience God's presence in your life, in this sanctuary. Let me give you some scriptures. Psalm 68, verses 26. Bless God in the congregations. That's why we've come. How about this? Revelations. This is when we're, we're in heaven and we're just rejoicing here. After these things, I looked and behold, there was a great multitude here which no one could number. I mean, thousands of people of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Guess who was there? Guess who showed up to the party? <laughs> Jesus, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. I'm telling you, church, we can meet with God every time that we come into this sanctuary with large groups of people. You can meet with God when you're alone. You can meet with God with your spouse. You can meet with God with your friend. You can meet with God with all of us here this morning. So what's the excuse? My point is this, that I want us to understand there should be no excuse. We should always be able to experience the presence of God. No matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing, no matter what we're going through, because praise be to God, we serve a God who loves to show up and meet with dysfunctional people. <laughs> and I'm the biggest one in the crowd. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful he shows up in a big way in my life every time in my life. And, and you know, and I remember another time, I'm gonna, I'm, it's 1030, dude, I did good. But, but, but I, I'm going to share this story and I'm done. Because when you enter into God's presence, he'll do things in you. And I don't know if I really shared this, this dream or vision that I had with my wife, but it happened before we moved here, before I even went through cancer. And you see, when you get into God's presence, he'll show you things. He'll talk to you. He'll reveal things to you. And I don't tell people a lot of stuff because I think oh, you're a weirdo. Oh, I can't believe you did that. Oh, you, you need to go see a shrink or something. But here's the deal. I saw some visions. And I had a little dream, but not a long dream because young men sees the visions. I'm just going to stop. I'm still doing those vision things. But anyway, no, it's young men's dreams. Dream. Wait, I'm confused. I mean, dream, dreams, old men sees vision. No, I dreamed a dream. It was a dream. Yes. <laughs> but here's the deal. Push all aside. But I, I was asleep. 
And God woke me up halfway. You know, you get those halfway moments and you're kind of out of body, out of body kind of a deal. But I, but I saw this vision that God gave me and he wanted to make me aware of his presence in my life and that he was going to be with me. But I saw myself that I, I was always a pastor, always a minister. And I had, I'd had people and, and I had my clothes on. I had this white robe on, but it was dirty. I mean, mud all over it, trash. And I looked at myself and I had armor on and I even had a sword in my hand and, and I was tired and exhausted. Because I, I knew I was in battle and I thought I just need to be refreshed. And I saw these two big, huge, beautiful doors and a gate looking kind of a door. And I thought, whoa. And I walked up and I left, I left all the people behind. I walked up this door because I need to be refreshed. I thought, well, maybe I can. I, I felt sensed that I was supposed to go in these doors. And the doors just opened up. And there sat Jesus right there on this throne. Now, I couldn't see the face, but I seen this, 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 this silhouette right there. I seen him. He said, come in, come in, young man. Come in, son, I want to refresh you. And he said, before you do, he said, I want you to take, take your armor off and put it on that table right over there, okay? And he said, I want you to take your robe off, which was dirty and, and mud all over it, and put it, and then hang it right there on that, on that rack. And I want you to come over here. I want to talk to you. I want to refresh you. And I was so excited to be in his presence. And as, as I took off my robe, I couldn't help it. I took a few steps forward, and I looked to my left, and there was a whole full body mirror there. And I looked at myself, and I was a little eight to 10-year-old boy, as far as I could tell. And I looked over to my right, and there was another man. I saw myself as an eight and a 10-year-old boy, a little boy. He said, come on, come to me. And I walked up, and he picked me up, and he set me on his lap. He said, son, I love you, and I'm so proud of you. He said, I need you to do something for me. And I said, yes, Father, what is it you want me to do? I'll do anything. He said, I need you to be obedient. I'm going to have you do a work for a while, okay? And he says, you're going to go through some battles. And you're going to get dirty again. And he said, you're going to go through some tough ones. But I want you to know, I'm never going to leave you. And I'm never going to forsake you. And you will make it through those battles. Will you trust me? I said, yes, sir, I'll trust you, Daddy. I'll trust you, Father. And he said, okay. Now remember... I'll be with you. I said, okay. And he slipped me down. He said, you can go put your stuff back on because you need to get back out on the battlefield. And I went over there and I went back to the table and, 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 I, and I saw my robe was completely snowy white again. I put my robe back on and I began to put those pieces of armors back on. And I looked down and I saw myself as the, as the age that I am now. I turned around and walked out. And I saw the people there and the door shut behind me. And I thought to myself, they don't know what I just experienced. That was me and God. And little did I know that I'd have to face cancer after that. But I got through, Steve. And little did I know that he was going to call me and for the biggest challenges of our lives is to plant this church. But there's one thing that I know, that I know, that I know, that he has never left me. And he has never forsaken me through the whole process because he's been there with me the whole time. 
And there are some of you today that you're here and your, 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 your grove is dirty and it's, 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 it's been in battle and you're tired and you're exhausted. But I'm here to tell you, you can meet God alone. You can meet God with your friends and definitely you can meet God every time that we come in here. But I want to challenge you, get into the presence of God. Get into his presence. But me and me only was able to do that. And you and you only with God can do that. Because every man will have to work out his own salvation with the fear and trembling. And it was scary to go in that room into the presence of God in my vision, that dream. But God's got the same for you. The same God that did that for me is your same God. Do that for you. Go tonight. Get in the presence of God and see what he will do. Walk into his presence. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, I want to thank you for your word. God, you've already done. I believe God, already God showed up. But God, if there's others right now that God, that maybe they're tired and they're exhausted, I pray that God right now, that they'll just stand and say, God, enough's enough. God, I, I pray that God, that I can get into your presence again. God, I've I'm letting other things get around me, distract me, God. But God, I need to get back into your presence. I need to hear your voice again, God. And God, I need healing from you, God. Maybe emotionally, maybe your finances, maybe your body. But if you're here, I just want you to stand and just receive it. If we've already prayed for you, stand again. Just stand right where you're at and receive it. Just stand. In just a moment, we're all going to stand with you. You're not going to be alone. But if you need that, just stand. There you go. Amen. There's others. Just stand. Get in God's presence. Stand. Let him wash your robe. Let him put on a new armor. Take off the old one and say, God, I'm going to trade this in for a new one. Right now, in Jesus' name, amen.